Thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, I wanted to go ahead and let you know that this is going to be a two-part conversation. We had a lot of content to cover, and just for sake of time, decided to break it up and release it as two different episodes. However, you can get early access to the full conversation by simply heading over to briansams.com and getting early access to this full conversation about our review of the Let Us Pray docuseries. In addition to that, we're going to also throw in early access to the best books episode of 2023. This has been an annual staple of Brian's podcast since he started it, and we are going to be releasing that to the podcast feed on Christmas Day, but we wanted to go ahead and give you the opportunity to get early access to that because we know that's a valuable resource that you may appreciate getting access to earlier. So again, if you want to get early access to essentially every episode left in the month of December, you can head over to briansams.com and sign up for that. Give us your email and we'll send you links to that content. Well, we thank you so much for joining us for this episode as we continue to advance a reformation of fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches. This is Church Advance with Brian Sams. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Church Advance Podcast with Brian Sams and my friend, Luke. Luke, it's good to have you, man. I mean, what a blessing. Here we are. And I mean, we're just going to kind of cut right to it. Today's topic is a little heavy. Mm. um, And we're just going to kind of introduce it and kind of run on it. But most of you probably know by now. Uh, that on November 23rd of this year, there was a four-part docu-series released. Uh, I saw on uh, X and other social platforms that it was released on HBO Max. That's actually not exactly accurate. It's It was released on a discovery platform. Mm-hmm. There's all kinds of these multiple companies. You can subscribe to HBO Max and get it, but that's not the only place. You can be a premier subscriber to Prime, really any of it. Uh, I went on and did a free seven-day trial of Discovery Plus and watched it on my phone. So there's many ways you can get it. I think it was a little misleading to say it was an HBO release. I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying that that that's good or bad. I just think it's interesting how uh, people people like to spin things certain ways. Uh, mm-hmm. But regardless, regardless, uh, you know and what I mean by that, Luke. Let me just cut to it. What I mean by that is I think some guys promoted it as HBO Max almost to discredit it. Um, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it's on HBO, it's going to be bad. I'm, I'm Again, mm-hmm. I'm not even into that debate. I don't have HBO. I didn't use HBO to watch it. I just think it's funny that yeah. if you read if you read the actual credits it's not an HBO film it's it's yeah. it's carried by every place that you can get premium subscription video content yeah you and know? and really if you're going to be technical HBO Warner Discovery they've all merged into the same company now so that's that's yeah. why you know they're and it's not even called HBO Max anymore they've rebranded it to just Max so for all you HBO yeah. you know trying to make the association like eh, okay it's a, it's a stretch and also no way trying to defend you know general media publications at all I'm not no, there's there's nothing particularly wholesome about them at all I don't think 
but nonetheless, uh, this this if you haven't seen it, let us pray is a play on words for P-R-E-Y, pray, as opposed to P-R-A-Y. And it is a ministry that talks about sexual abuse victims in independent fundamental Baptist churches with case studies in um, at least three particular churches, a church in Gaylord, Michigan, a church in Wildemar, California, and of course, a church in Hammond, Indiana. Uh, oh, and and of course, a children's home in Missouri. Yeah. Those three, four uh, primary case studies evidently representing large swaths of sexual abuse allegations in independent fundamental Baptist churches in particular. Now, there are other, you know, SBC did a study. There, Everybody knows that essentially every religious uh, group in the world has had some of these from, from time to time. But I am saying what a shame that I've seen some guys try to use that it's almost an excuse to like, let's not talk about it for, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like, well, every, you know, this isn't an independent Baptist thing. It's a thing. And I'm like, well, well wait a second, but it is an independent Baptist thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it specifically these people were so, um, and basically it's four episodes ranging from the events that occurred. Uh, quite honestly, some of it's sickening, uh, to listen to. It makes you mad. Uh, it goes from that to um, the process of recovery, the details of allegations, the legal battles, execution of sentences, all of it. And these are these are prominent, well-known, independent, fundamental Baptist pastors ranging from Jack and David Hiles to uh, Bruce Goddard to John Jenkins, uh, David Hiles, as well as the whole Lester Roloff conglomeration of yeah. uh, children's homes. And, and by the way, let me, I want to make a comment on that real quick, Luke, before we get into this and what, what our sure. response is. That's what this is about. Uh, this is about, this is about 10 takeaways from the let okay. us pray um, experience. But Luke, you know this by now, but our church, when I came, had a history with one of those Roloff homes. Yeah. So they, they highlighted circle of hope ranch in humansville, Missouri, but I mean, I have I have literal, actual um, experience uh, because yeah. my where I came, this church that I am now the pastor of operated one of those crazy boot camp type schools called Camp Tracy, and it's a mm. shameful place. It's an awful yeah. place, and I'm thankful for all of them that are shut down. But when I was listening to that girl in particular talk about what she experienced, I'm going. I guarantee you, she's not lying because I have. We've had. L- real yeah. legal issues that we've had to work through trying to help people and trying to get ourselves away from all that crazy mess. Cause we didn't have anything to do with that. I'm, I literally in this, in this office, there are, there are cat cabinets of records of mm-hmm. what happened to kids. And, and, and for, let me just give you one instance. This is a true story. It's, it's in there. I could pull it out right now. I pull, I could literally pull the file and show you where punishment was given that a kid that was caught smoking was forced to eat a pack of cigarettes. As wow. a true, actual story, and it's awful. And yeah. uh, these places, these places, were breeding grounds for sexual predators, no question about it. Uh, and and Luke, I, I just think we need to we need to give some reaction here. I mean, you watch. We both yeah. over the last even couple of days watched it. 
just give me pretty fresh. Yeah. Give me like a, just a, your maybe quick reaction. What, like where, where, where your, where your mind is at right now? Yeah. I mean, you know, we're going to get into, you know, some more detail here with the points you've, we're going to cover, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's like I said, it's just so horrible, you know, to see that this is a reality that these, in this case, these women, um, cause yeah. that's, it's all, it's several, I, I believe five or six women, uh, telling their stories about their, their personal experience with physical and sexual abuse from leaders, uh, in these churches. Um, and you know, it's to me, it's like, cause they're, the point of the documentary is not just the, uh, the, the horrors of the act itself, but the fact that, uh, it's almost like these, these, these pastors bent over backwards to cover it up. Right. Um, and I, to me, that's cause sadly, like you said, Brian, like we live in a fallen world, even, even Christian, uh, men in this case, uh, can do heinous and awful things. Um, but the fact that then there are, uh, again, pastors and leaders that come in and almost work full time to cover that up, act like it didn't happen, and then go as far as to belittle the victims um, mm. and, and make it feel make them feel like it's their fault. You know, they called out Jack Scoff as well in the documentary <laughs> and some of the fallout of the girl that, you know, he um, uh, abused and, and he, he wound up doing a lot of time for it, thankfully, but the, the, they didn't go into detail, but it's like the aftermath of what that girl had to deal with, how right. they kind of pinned, pinned a lot of it on her as if it was her fault, ruined a man's ministry. And, um, it's just, it's just, again, to me, it's like, I don't know what's worse. The, the actual deed, which of course I guess technically is worse or just the, the fact that the, the reaction and the aftermath and the cover up that's, that's right. And so that's what I appreciate about this documentary is it's like, cause there's still a lot of stuff that's outstanding men that have never, you know, been, you know, uh, charged or whatever. And it's, it's creating awareness for that. And honestly, I hope that, I hope that a lot of these men that were called out that have yet to, uh, kind of face any sort of punishment. I, I hope they do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no question. Uh, I, I'm, uh, I, 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 I'll get to that one in a minute, but, but here's the bottom line. Bottom line is this is, this is, you're right. And even some of the victims said it, like it was one thing to get, I think one girl said it like this, what my, what my a predator didn't take from me, the pastor took away because mm -hmm. he didn't defend me. He didn't try to help me. He basically swept it under the rug and and guys look it's one thing to say oh this is just a me too you know hashtag me too movement and but once somebody has been literally arrested uh charged and found yep. guilty yep. And look and you're still hiding and acting as if this didn't happen that's where like Goodness gracious, man! At some point, yeah. somebody's got to do what's right. So let's let Luke. I got ten reactions here. I got ten reactions. I want to work through. I want to let you kind of state them, and then we'll unpack them as best we can. Yeah, let's do that. So number one, no ministry uh, reputation is more important than the lives of people. <laughs> yeah, and that really came from one statement that one of the accusers allegedly, when she said something to the pastor. The pastor's response was, if 
if this goes public, we'll lose our school and we'll lose our church. And I'm thinking, well, it would be better to not have a church or a school than to have one where the youth pastors and the Christian school teachers are sexually assaulting the children. God, I mean, good night. Um, is not that the very reason the church exists is to minister to, and if, and if you are on the predator side, not the healer side of people's lives, you should be out of business. Um, yeah. I mean, look, a bishop must be blameless, which means accusations don't stick. But when accusations stick and your church harbors this and it's not even spoken of, it's not even like this guy was wrong and he, you know, church discipline, all these things have taken place. Look, we know sin's going to happen. Yeah. But, 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 but when the church values its buildings, its budgets, and its body count, more than the people that they're trying to help and redeem. Uh, that is a shame. And I would say board up the doors and board up the windows and sell the property to at least a fishing club because yeah. a fishing club is more valuable than a church like that. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, to, to say that, you know, and I don't know, like, I don't know all the legal ramifications of what come from, you know, a church that potentially does report it and stuff. But to say that you're going to lose your, your entire church and your school because of one incident is, is probably a little bit dramatic. I know there are plenty of churches out there who have done the right thing and who have reported. Um, and yes, does it create some headache and even some legal headache? Sure. And mm. is, is there a risk that you're going to you're obviously opening yourself up to potential, yes, legal issues. But, um, you know, I, I've, I've known many that because they did the right thing, um, mm -hmm. you know, it was handled. Again, it was, a, it was a horrible situation. But the ministry still lives on because they proved that they're doing the right thing. They're, they're, That's exactly they're taking right. care of these victims. That's exactly right. Luke, here's the bottom line. I think at the heart of it is a, is a, is a, a lack of a, a, um, a, a felt need to avoid controversy. Yeah. Like if we say this, we're going to go on the news and we're going to this and we're going to that. I'm like, well, man, you're going to go on the news anyways. Mm -hmm. I mean, like if somebody sexually assaulted a child, you need to come out. You need to report it. We'll talk about that later. You need to report it. You need to terminate. You need to protect children and you need to tell everybody we are not for this. This is not what we are about. We have done the right thing here and we are terribly sorry for what. I, and, and the chips, let them fall where they may. Yeah. But if that's not the attitude that you have publicly toward things like this happening, um, I would ask these men now, what do you think the fallout of this video series is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, now, I mean, there are uh, hundreds of thousands, if not millions more people aware. Uh, that's right. But, and, and like you said, names were called, you know, I mean, it, names were spoken of throughout. Again, you said Goddard Jenkins, these these men's names were mentioned and now they're on the map. Um, yeah. and, and so, I mean, I again, I I hate I, I I I want justice to be served. I hope to see. But I mean, it's they just made it a lot worse, you know, by covering it up. I, I agree. Um, I agree. Yeah. So, so that. So, yeah. Number one, again, no ministry reputation is more than the lives of people. Yeah. Now let's look at number two, pastors and ministry leaders. 
uh, are held to more need to be held to more strict accountability. Yeah, I mean that's biblical. James chapter three verse one: Do not be many teachers, for there's stricter condemnation. Guys, man, look, ministry is a high calling. Ministry is a holy calling. Ministry uh, has expectations. I mean, what a, a pastoral qualification is to have a good reputation of them that are without. Hmm. That is talking about people outside the church. Yeah. And are we are we seriously presuming that America in the 21st century is worse than Rome in the 1st century? Yeah. Uh, this is nuts, dude. There's supposed to be a credible reputation uh with the church and its people. I read a somebody mentioned the other day, I can't remember where I saw this, but he was witnessing to a Muslim friend and his Muslim friend was a dealt dealt with cars automobile you know like it sold automobiles and he said I've, i'm not a christian won't be a christian he said he said for years i've watched pastors come in here and buy personal vehicles and try to try to twist whatever they could twist to use their tax exempt status as a church to, to lose a sell tax on their cars hmm. and he watched this lack of credibility this lack of honesty um, stack up in his mind that that's not right. It's not right. Um, you are responsible to tell the truth. You are responsible to be honorable. You are responsible to deal with sin. You are responsible to rebuke before all. You are responsible to lead church discipline. You are responsible to restore people. You are responsible to care for the broken. I'm not talking about optional. I'm talking about responsible. And guys, ministry is no joke. I mean, if I if I were to if I were to label 2023 for me, I'd say ministry is no joke. Um, it's it's a <laughs> it's a it's a war. It's a battle. It's it's a it's an onslaught. It never stops. Yeah. If you don't want heat, if you don't want to fight, if you don't want battle, if you don't want to stand for truth, if you don't want to stand for righteousness, then don't be a pastor, uh, because yeah. these things are going to come upon us, and there's nothing worse. Than a leader uh, sexually assaulting a girl in his youth group or Bible Bible class. It's it's just I mean it, it's actually criminal. Yeah. But it's worse because of the vulner the vulnerability of those women and the position of accountability these men are supposed to be held to. Yeah, I, yeah, and that was kind of the point that um, the uh, one of the judges towards the end of the series made was, "Hey, you took advantage of of the position you had. You know, this these women trusted you, I mean, and and I think the one thing I did notice that about all of them had in common was they were from fatherless homes, and so mm. these you know these these men are coming in and you know playing that role of a father figure." Uh, and then, you know, taking advantage of that. And um, yeah, and, and and as far as the accountability factor goes, you know, that was one of the points that the documentary made at the beginning was they kind of showed you the average hierarchy of, uh, you know, these big IFB churches of, you know, it's the man of God. And then, you know, and then the men and then the women and children. And, you know, not to say that there's a problem with maybe, uh, maybe we're going to talk about that, the biblical roles and all of that. But mm. it was they did emphasize and they're right that they used Jack Hiles as the example. Um, and I like how they tagged him as the founder of IFB. I mean, I guess that is a thing, probably. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, how? Yeah, I mean, and he is. I mean, he is known for I'm the man of God. Don't question me. Um, and, and, and so just the whole accountability is missing, uh, in many, uh, independent Baptist churches and probably not just Baptist, probably just many independent congregations in general. 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. Have some type of denomination or whatever. So that's it, right. It is a problem. And while we while we boast of independence or some some boast on independence, where's the accountability that that many people go without? And it's it's not just yes, they need more strict accountability on them. Of course they do, but they also need to think about the day they're going to stand before God. And that woman was right when she said there will be justice. It may not be here. It may be before God. That's true. And look, yeah. all of you clowns out there that have done some of this stuff and it hasn't been uncovered, listen very carefully. There is a day where what was done in the dark will be made light. And that's in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, friend. And look, it all doesn't shake down here. And I'm going to talk about justice in a minute, but that's the bottom line. And uh, man, I just feel like we should be doing more. Uh, I have done more in 2023 to bring accountability to this church than I have done in my, my eight-year history, and I'm doing more and more yeah. and more. Yeah. I am doing as much as I can to release the reins of this church to multiple leaders, because yeah. if not, you can become a show that nobody will touch and nobody will mess with, and uh, that's a shame, and that's not what you see. It, there, there's a path to rebuke an elder in First Timothy chapter 5. But there is a path, <laughs> meaning it's in there. Uh, yeah. We're taught how to do it. And those churches yeah. should be up in arms right now. I mean, yeah. up in arms. And you know, you know what was sad is they were, I think they walked into a church meeting at one, at one point and they're recording this. And uh, one of those pastors, it's on, it's on video. I haven't heard the yeah. boy, I've preached, I've preached with him before. Yeah. And he said, um, it's a it's 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 wicked to stand against the church. He said that in yeah. this meeting, yeah. and she turned around and said, "What's well, wicked to rape, rape women?" Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I remember that, and I thought that, that was one of the times where I was just like, "Ah, can I can I, I want to punch a hole in my TV screen right now?" I yeah, mean, like, can, can, there be anything more, can there be anything more bizarre to say? Just think, this, yeah. guys, just think about this: Is it wrong to unnecessarily and unrighteously stand against the church? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it is it ungodly to rape a woman? Uh, absolutely. Is it ungodly to lay a to lay an actual charge with factual information and legal backing and facts? Of course not. It, yeah. If not, then you have an absolute dictatorship. And that picture of those women with their mouths closed, uh, mouths taped shut. Um, churches need stricter accountability. Period. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, they do need stricter accountability. And that leads us to the third point um, in regards to, like you said, that path to, you know, maybe having to deal with a problem with someone in leadership. And that's that church discipline is sorely missing in many churches. <laughs> I'm not going to say much about this, but guys, I'm just <laughs> telling you, it is not happening. A healthy church discipline should be a regular part of the membership process of a church. And I'm going to give you two examples. I mean, I, I was aware of a situation where a prominent member of a staff uh, was dismissed over, over certain allegations. And there was not a blip word, not a thing said about it to the congregation. And the man was moved on without a word. Guys, this is a life this is a this is a church member. This is a person that needs restoration. Like like where does this come from? You just fire and dismiss somebody without the, the attempt, if you will. I'm not talking about people that leave your church. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm talking about somebody does something at your church and it's a sin. It's wrong, and you just 
say, just leave the church and we'll just keep it quiet. Yeah. Um, that's insanity. What? And then in the same ministry, there was a deacon embezzling money from the freaking offering plate. <laughs> and they didn't, they did not even say a word. I still to this day don't even know who the guy is. What happened to the guy? Okay, should he be a deacon? Of course not. Should he be a church leader? Of course not. Would should the church press charges against him for what he stole? Probably not. But what what should happen is you restore a fallen brother mm-hmm. and you give him a chance to repent. And and yeah. you and if he doesn't repent, he should be rebuked before all. Mm. Um this is missing, bro. Look, yeah. this idea of this knucklehead Paul Fox being having his junk packed up and moved back to Hammond after he slept with teenagers in his youth group is insanity. Um, uh, There's no church discipline. There's no restoration. And when there's no discipline and there's no restoration, sin, read your Bible, people. (laughs) A little leaven leavens a lump. We're going to pick up the rest of this conversation in next week's episode. But if you want to get early access to it, remember, you can sign up for free at briansams.com. And we're going to also send you early access to Brian's best books of 2023. This episode won't be released until Christmas Day, but it is our early Christmas gift to you if you sign up for free at briansams.com. This podcast is hosted by Brian Sams, is co-hosted and produced by myself, Luke Clayton, and my team at mustincrease.com. I want to thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode as we continue to advance a reformation of fellowship, partnership, and gospel hope amongst Bible-believing pastors and churches right here on Church Advance with Brian Sams. Thank you.